let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is the final East Coast bias of the month of June. We welcome in Joe House, Raheem Palmer, JJ Janjistremski, as we set the stage for what is going to be happening over the next couple of weeks as we start to slowly but surely turn our attention to the NFL. And we don't have to lock in any futures yet, but we are going to be in the lab the next couple of weeks trying to get ourselves set for when late July rolls around. The boys are ready to go and hit the ground running. And since the last time, gentlemen, we have had a conversation, there have been some moves in the NBA that have moved the needle a little bit, that have changed things a little bit. And I think you got to start first with the Boston Celtics saying goodbye to Marcus Smart, adding Kristaps Porzingis, House, Boston, obviously a title favorite. Boston did not have things go their way a season ago, losing the Miami and Eastern Conference Finals. Do you like the Celtics more or less or status quo after making this trade for your buddy to Zinger? I think I like the Celtics a tiny bit more. Obviously, the risk with Zinger is injury, but I think the Celtics, you know, can can manage around that. And the the single to me, the single biggest glaring weakness of that Celtics uh, situation going forward was the front court. They they you know could not enter this upcoming season. With Al Horford and and Robert Williams, you know, splitting time, they they just didn't get anything um, meaningful out of Mascala, and, and they they clearly didn't have any plans for Hauser. Like you know, they they just weren't going to um, you know be able to live with that front court situation. And so anything that tends to bolster that, um, I'm supportive of. And I can tell you from personal experience, Zinger was on it last season. I was really impressed. That dude. Super professional, um, and you can tell sort of right away whether it's an evening where he's feeling it a little bit and you want to let him, you know, go ahead and, and, and get a bunch of uh, shots up or if it's going to be one of these nights where, you know, you he needs to, to try and go down in, into the post. But it was a revelation to see him try and go down into the post. And he's also, you know, capable of do- double-digit rebounds uh, a- a- any night. Um, and what it represents for the Celtics is just flexibility on offense that they, they haven't had. I mean, not, we watch Al Horford miss three after three, after three, all open threes in the playoffs. And it's why they had a hard time. I think, you know, in the first place, knocking out Atlanta and then, you know, they, they, they couldn't get, get past Miami. So on balance, I, I, I like the move for the Celtics, obviously meaningful to lose your heart and soul one of the team leaders, but some of the folks that I've listened to, including the podfather himself, Bill Simmons, wondering if maybe this uh, opens up some leadership opportunities for Tatum and for Jalen Brown that they otherwise weren't getting because uh, of Marcus with his force of personality. But that's not a knock on Marcus. Marcus was an awesome leader by all indications. Anyhow, looks like a step forward to me, Dream. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think it's a step forward. And I think it empowers Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to take control of this team. I mean, a lot of people say it all the time, but if you look at the end of those games for the Celtics, the ball always found Marcus Smart. Always. And sometimes you didn't want Marcus Smart taking every single clutch shot. So I think it empowers the Jays on this team. But then more importantly, I think you get 
insurance for Al Horford, who's 36 years old. You get insurance for Robert Williams, who's 25 years old. I think the Boston Celtics are primed to make a run, and then they can decide if they want to give Jalen Brown the Supermax, especially when you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks can completely fall apart, especially if Brooke Lopez leaves this summer. So I like what the Boston Celtics are doing, and I think they're the rightful favorite to win the NBA title. Wow. Okay. I wanted to get to that because they are ahead of the Denver Nuggets at plus 460 at the moment. And and to House's point with Porzingis, you know, House saw him last year in Washington the entire season. I had an opportunity to see Porzingis a lot in the early days of his career where I thought he was going to be this franchise piece where it looked like he was a budding all-star. It looked like he was going to be the king of New York, you know, I I think it got a little out of whack towards the end because injuries got the best of Porzingis. Phil Jackson got in the way. The brothers got in the way. And he just never ended up being the guy I thought he was going to be. Like, I was dreaming. Never was going to happen, guys. But I was hoping that maybe Porzingis would have this sort of ascension that Jokic had. It didn't happen. Like, I saw Jokic go and dominate Porzingis early on in their careers. And I'm like, okay. Zinger's good. This Jokic character, that much better, that much more dominant, and that's the way his NBA career plays out. But Porzingis, after going to Dallas, kind of gets his career back on track with the Wizards. The Celtics have always loved him. The Celtics wanted to draft him a couple of years ago, and now they get a guy who can get buckets, protect the rim, and if he stays on the court, I think he's, to your point, going to play really well with the likes of Tatum and Brown. But Raheem, Boston favorite over Denver. A couple of weeks ago, you're telling me Denver, Denver, Denver. Now, why, why do you believe that Boston should be the title favorite at the moment by a smidge over the Nuggets? Okay, so I still like the Denver Nuggets, but you got to realize that they're probably going to lose Bruce Brown this summer. In addition, I think a lot of the pricing has to do with the rest of the teams in the conference. I think the Western Conference is probably the better conference at this point in time. I think the Golden State Warriors are going to make some moves. Obviously, they traded Jordan Poole. They might get rid of Kaminga. They might get rid of all of the younger guys because the two timelines, I mean, that thing is done. I mean, it was basically a Porsche and then you had a Kia. So it's just one timeline in Golden State right now. And then you look at the Lakers. They're going to be they're going to be solid. You look at the Clippers. They should be solid. I just think the Western Conference is a lot better. Obviously, you have the Phoenix Suns and their big three. And then you look at the East. The East is falling apart. The Milwaukee Bucks, they're talking about Brooke Lopez leaving. And I don't know if people realize, but Brooke Lopez, he's the catalyst for that defense. With him on the floor, they're 8.5 points per one of possessions better defensively. They were allowing 117 points per one of possessions with him off the floor. So the Giannis at center defense, it's not as good as people think it is. So the Milwaukee Bucks could fall apart. They kind of lack a lot of athleticism around Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, Chris Middleton is also a free agent. So the Milwaukee Bucks might not be who they were. We don't know if James Harden is going to come back to the Philadelphia 76ers. The Miami Heat. Look, they had a great run, but I still think it was kind of fluky. And if they don't make a move for Damian Lillard, I I just don't see them repeating that. So I just think the Eastern Conference is the Celtics to lose. We're going to have a fun uh, summer and and early fall debating this because I honestly think that it's it's much closer. I think the East, you know, there are still open questions that will get answered over the next six weeks or so about a lot of these East Eastern teams. But I think the East from one through six is pretty gosh darn solid, assuming the pieces land 
where they seem like they might land. It seems like Harden's probably going to land back with Philly. And then Philly has an opportunity to potentially upgrade the Tobias Harris position or Tobias Harris gets un- unlocked a little bit. You know, maybe Nick Nurse sees something in Tobias Harris. So I, I regard Philly as still a top three or four team in the East, I think Miami is going to make a move. And and whether it's Dame or not Dame, I just think that they, um, having tasted this year after year, I think they recognize there's a move to be made. They had a wonderful opportunity to test drive the team without Tyler Hero. So you want to know what it's like to play without Tyler Hero? We just did it. We did it for two months so we can live without him if it brings back an asset um, that, that, that helps them. I think Milwaukee, if I had to gamble on it, maybe we'll have an opportunity to gamble on it. I would bet that both Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton return um, to, to Milwaukee as opposed to leaving. I know that other folks out in the NBA community um, think those guys might try and, and, and grab checks. Uh, but the Knicks and the Cavs, I, I, they're, they're both right there. The Cavs have a move to, to make potentially to get a little bit better. Um, and, you know, you see teams like Atlanta and Indiana also trying to improve themselves. I feel like the West is more in, in, in transition, more in flux than the East. But this will be a fun conversation to keep having, fellas, you know, all, all summer and into the into the beginning of the season. Right, JJ? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And one, one thing I want to make perfectly clear, House, you mentioned it a few weeks ago. I've already bet it. Get the Miami Heat to win the title right now. I think Damian Lillard's going there. I just think there is a point in time where there's just too much smoke. There's too much chatter. And if you're trying to figure out, okay, if Damian Lillard is playing somewhere else, where is he going to go? Like, it doesn't make sense for Damian Lillard to go to a rebuilding, retooling Brooklyn Nets team. Miami is the destination for him. If he's going to leave Portland and he really wants to be on a team, that has a legitimate chance to go and win an NBA title, Heat culture, Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, like all of the tea leaves are there, fellas. And I love the fit, and I love the idea of Damian Lillard getting a chance to go and chase a title with that Miami Heat team. So, Raheem, they do need to make a big move. I'm with you on that. I think it's happening. I think Dame Lillard, before too long, I don't know when it's going to be, I think he will be a Miami Heat, and I'm going to feel good about my bet for Miami to go and win the title next year. Just saying. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Now, I have a question for you guys. Obviously, know the Atlanta Hawks, they made a cost-saving move to get rid of John Collins. What do we feel about the Utah Jazz next year? Maybe their playoff chances. And what do we feel about the Hawks? It feels like the Hawks are, I mean, right now, I, I don't know what to think about them. I, I just don't think they're going to be very good. But I do think it wouldn't surprise me if the Utah Jazz made a playoff run. Dream, I'm interested in in um, just talking through why you you think that Atlanta um, might not be good. I if this this deal feels to me like a little bit of addition by subtraction because it became apparent that Collins was never going to be the guy that that was part of that team that got them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Speaking of fluky, but they did it, and and you know he was a efficient three point sh- shooter, and he also played good defense after that he regressed and you know it became apparent that once Clint Capella came into the mix it it impacted Collins and Collins's role and it's 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 apparent that he wasn't a Quinn Snyder guy but they have they created you know a mid-level exception room to make another acquisition and I think we're going to get a version of the Hawks that sort of fits 
uh, Quinn Snyder's eye, I guess. So I actually am regarding Atlanta as, as still uh, a meaningful and, and formidable kind of team in the East because, you know, the talent is there if you if you believe in Trey. I'm 50-50 I'm on Trey, but if you believe in Trey, and DeJounte Murray was good last season. Like, you know, they're with, with under the stewardship of, of Snyder, I'm willing to give them the benefit uh, of the doubt. But you asked about it, Utah. I love Utah. I think Utah and Oklahoma City, those are two overs that I have circled right now. Now, you know, Vegas isn't dumb. They're not going to set those totals um, low enough to really make any money on it. Um, but I, I, if there anything around like that 40 territory, you're going to see me jumping in pretty heavy uh, on, on both of those teams. Um, Utah just has so much flexibility in terms of the assets in, in, in upcoming drafts. And also fungible parts in terms of the players that they have. They did a great job. They they honestly did last season what I'm hoping Washington does this season, which is rehabilitate some guys. Let some guys get some minute, get some run, get some shine. I mean, the Laurie Mark- Markin and most improved player in the NBA, who who forecasted that last October? You know, it, w- it was a very cool thing. And we saw it was really Will Hardy, you know, that opened those guys uh, up. They played five out and they had the right guys for five out. So, you know, the, the sky's the limit for, for Utah. There's no reason for them to do anything in, in, in terms of tanking. I think that, that you know, we'll have to sit down and map it out. But, I, I mean, them as an eight seed doesn't feel crazy to me, JJ. No, not in the least. Not in the least. And they've kind of set it up with Danny Ainge and Will Hardy where they have that, that Celtic way and they have all sorts of flexibility. And, you know, they're a team that, yes, can go and move one of these guys in the next couple of weeks or maybe they go and make another trade come February, but it sure seems like they are not going to blow it all up from a tanking standpoint. They're organically rebuilding the organization the right way. And listen, they did pretty darn good as far as Donovan Mitchell and as far as Rudy Gobert return on investment is concerned. So yeah, I'm with you on Utah. I'm with you on Oklahoma City as teams to monitor as potential overs, no doubt. And then you look at Atlanta. Listen, here's the one thing with Atlanta. Quinn Snyder is a hell of a coach. And you saw the impact that he had on that team in just a short period of time. He came in, all of a sudden they were playing with more structure. They started winning games down the stretch. I mean, I know Boston had their issues and they had their problems. They took them to six games and were competitive in a first-round series where a lot of people thought they were going to get their doors blown off. So teams to watch, no doubt, from over perspectives as we move into the summer. When we come back, We didn't get to Marcus Smart and what his future now looks like playing in Memphis. Is he somebody that can move the needle in Memphis? Plus, some draft takeaways. Is there anybody other than Wemby that's worth the flyer when it comes to Rookie of the Year? I know. I know. we got to dig deep here. That's coming up next. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every. NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. 
Please visit TheRinger.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. So guys, we didn't touch on Marcus Smart and his new home. So Marcus Smart, the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics, House, he finds his way to Memphis. He's tough. We know that. We know he can be an intangible player at times. He is a maddening player at times. Do you think he fits perfectly for Memphis? Or is he the sort of guy you look at and say, man, this has all sorts of combustion written all over it. Where do we stand on Marcus Smart making his way to the Grizzlies? I mean, for me, it's so much more the former than the latter. I I think it's going to be a home run of of epic proportion. I think he is. He's the guy we basically were begging for them to go get all last season. Somebody to come in and give some semblance of adult supervision to that situation. Now, the the wild card to me with respect to Memphis's fortunes is Stephen Adams. That dude needs to come back. He needs to be healthy. He needs to contribute to them because he's another stabilizing force. I just look at Marcus Smart and and compare him to to Dylan Brooks. Now, I know Marcus is older and that there was apparently some slippage defensively. So maybe you wouldn't put Marcus Smart and Dylan Brooks in the same class in terms of wing defenders at at the moment. But all of the intangibles that he brings more than offset because of of the detangibles that, that Dylan Brooks was delivering to that poor Grizzlies team. Yeah, I just made up a word. But I look, like it. You know, it, we were constantly talking about nonsense when it came to Dylan Brooks and and missing out on his meaningful contributions on the basketball court. The thing that is kind of funny comparing Brooks to Smart. I mean, for all of the Celtics no 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 fans watching Marcus Smart take threes at end of games like Dream just referenced. The, the, it was that times times 10 with Dylan Brooks, I think, and, and Memphis. So, look, Memphis has a single challenge in front of it, and that is the maturation of John Morant. If Ja could get his himself straight, get his head on straight, you know, whatever uh, form or shape that, that takes and arrives to this team. See, I think that they're going to come out of the gate pretty good. I, I, I will, it'll be interesting when we see the schedule how the first 25 games play out for them, what it kind of looks like, how it maps out, because they might be a sneaky overplay if there's an overreaction in the market to their potential win total. If it's like in the low, like mid-40s, we talked about this on a show over the last handful of weeks when we were trying to guesstimate, you know, what it would mean for Ja to miss the first 25 games and whether the market might open up with an opportunity to us. Um, I think the smart thing probably drives their win total up a tiny bit, but maybe there'll still be some juicy opportunity out there with them. What do you, how, how are you thinking about this, Raheem? So on June 22nd, when this trade went down, our very own Surat Sohi basically said that Marcus Smart is basically Dylan Brooks, but he goes to therapy. 
And I, I can't agree more. <laughs> I mean, when you look at Dylan Brooks, I mean, Dylan Brooks and Marcus Smart, they both take those ill-advised threes. But Dylan Brooks' offense has really fell off a cliff last year. I mean, this is a guy who shot 23% from three in the postseason and just 31% overall. We all know Marcus Smart, he takes some bad shots, but he's performing much better offensively than Dylan Brooks. He shot 36% from three. So I think the upgrade that the Grizzlies are going to get offensively is enough. And we all know that Marcus Smart, he brings the intensity on the defensive end of the floor. The one thing that Marcus Smart can do that Dylan Brooks doesn't do is that he's a playmaker. Like this is a guy who's going to create plays for other people. We all know that he performed as Boston's point guard for, you know, for moments. So I think this is a huge upgrade for the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies, they are a team who struggles in the half court in terms of their offense, I think Marcus Smart will improve that. This is also a team who is second in defensive rating last year. This is a team who has J- Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams. This is going to be a really tough team. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to say that they're a, a, they, they have a chance of winning the title. I, I don't know if they have the organizational structure there yet. But I think this is a team that can make a deep playoff run if John Morant gets it together and just stops pointing guns on Instagram. Well, listen, I wanted to bring that up. 23 to one house to win the NBA title. And there are major variables in play. I think we all understand that. Ja and his immaturity, whether or not this team has the sort of level-headed nature it needs to go and advance and advance deep into the postseason. But I think that's a juicy number right there. I do. Like, if you're telling me that Marcus Smart goes in and fits that team like a glove and that John Morant can come back and somewhat keep his head on straight. I don't think we're getting that number house with that team later on in the year. So I, I to me, at least that's like a number worth monitoring at 23 to one. Yeah. I don't like them to win the NBA, but I am willing to speculate in both a division market and the conference market. Now the conference market right now sits at 11 to one. And I bet on them to win the Western Conference last year after I went down in mid-March and saw that home crowd and saw, you know, they they had the best home record in the NBA last season. I fully expect the exact same thing this upcoming season. I think that Marcus Smart, the the town is going to immediately be in love with him. He's Tony Allen 2.0. I mean, really, career trajectory-wise. That's an excellent point. Excellent point. I love that one. That's a great comparison. It's an amazing, like they're they're very close. They're so similar, you know, that Boston to to Memphis trajectory. But um, he he will instantly fit in well there, and I think they're you know they they have a kind of pride, uh, and they're one of those young teams we've been talking about where where we're looking at the the futures markets and the and the win totals markets especially. We like the young teams because we know that they're going to take the regular season seriously. They they need to to have their reps chemistry-wise. I think Triple J winning that defensive player of the year last year, he wants to come out and validate that. Like I'm I'm bullish on on Memphis. And I think that there's a a a, a reasonable uh you know basis for going ahead and speculating a little bit. Now, you know, for them to win the Western Conference, you're saying there's probably an injury somewhere to to Denver. You're saying that the Lakers um, with the two old guys couldn't really keep it together. You're saying that the chemistry at Golden State really didn't work out. And you're saying that Phoenix, you know, ran into some of the injury trouble that feels like it's built into their their system. So you're 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 under you know what the risk proposition looks like, but 
to me, it's I'm I'm kind of into it to be honest. Yeah, I'm really into it. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I I really like what this Memphis Grizzlies team can do. The one thing I will say is I'm not willing to buy into them right now. I think with Jop being out 25 games. I think you're going to be able to get a better price. So I'm going to wait on this one, but there are teams that I'm definitely looking to buy on as the season starts. You know, we didn't even hit. I'm glad you brought up Golden State. Totally blanked on. There's been a lot more that's transpired than you would think. How's Chris Paul as a warrior? I mean, after his little back and forth with Steve Kerr, and he's had those great battles with the Warriors in the past, with the Clippers and with the Houston Rockets. Now he gets to go and team up with Steph, and with Clay, and you wonder how much gas is left in the tank. But if there's an organization that's going to get the best out of what Chris Paul is at this point in his career, don't you get the sense that team would be Golden State? Maybe. I I want um, FanDuel to give us a prop that that is what team will, will Chris Paul play for the Golden State Warriors in Game One? You know, will he oh, be you on Golden State? Oh, you think he's getting shipped out? Interesting. Interesting. Well, Interesting. I, I think as as this free agency period kind of um, goes down, we'll we'll know the answer. Definitely, that I believe that Golden State intends to re-sign Draymond and intends to re-sign Clay, and I think they'll work out deals with both of those guys. I think the primary job of Chris Paul was to get Jordan Poole off of the team. And well, mission accomplished. Well mission accomplished. Go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So. I, I, I'm still skeptical about whether or not Chris Paul is on this team come October the 12th or 13th or whenever the season starts. He could make a huge difference on a bunch of teams, a lot of teams that we've been talking about. I mean, I think he would be amazing on Miami. I think he, he could be, you know, in, incredible potentially in Boston. Like there, there are teams out there that Chris Paul could definitely help. Now, he, he, he gets his choice. Because he is an OG, an elder statesman, you know, there's still the connection to the LA teams. Could he make a difference with the Lakers? Man, that that would be kind of interesting. Um, I'm not there yet with Chris Paul on Golden State, you know, trying to fit into to that mix. So basically uh, calling BS on Chris Paul playing with the Warriors. Okay. I'm not calling BS. I'm just not there yet 100% with the idea of like, all right, let's try and do some X's and O's and see how this whole thing is going to work. Dream, tell me I'm not crazy. I don't think you're crazy at all. So on the All the Smoke podcast in 2020, Draymond Green said, I don't like Chris Paul at all. Like, we don't have a good relationship at all, but I respect his hustle and I respect his IQ. Now, we all know great players figure it out, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to figure this out. I mean, we had Killer Cameron break the story today about what caused the the punch between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. And he spoke about that on it is what it is. And we all know Draymond's a little bit of a hothead. So I think you got two stubborn people and look, I want to give the Warriors the benefit of doubt to figure it out. I think one thing I will say is that Chris Paul is definitely an upgrade over Jordan Poole, even at this stage as the Warriors were seven points per under possessions worse with Jordan Poole on the floor last year. But I just, at the end of the day, I just can't trust Chris Paul to stay healthy when it matters. He's always hurt. He's always banged up. And I just, I think the Warriors need to get some other guys in there. So I'm agreeing with House. I think they're going to eventually trade him. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, guys, quickly, NBA draft, not a ton of surprises. Do you see any value, Raheem, in betting anybody other than Wemby to go and win Rookie of the Year? What do we feel about that? Oh, without a doubt. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I, like, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure that Wimby is who everybody thinks he is. Oh, okay. And the one thing I will say about Wimby is this guy's like, he's, he's mostly a three point shooter, but I think he's going to struggle to stay on the court. I mean, you, you're looking at a guy who, I mean, big men, they typically don't stay healthy. And they get hurt. We, no, they get yeah, hurt. We all know with the new NBA rules, you need to stay, you need to play t- 65 games. I don't think he's going to play 65 games. And I also think Scoop probably, he, he should probably be the rookie of the year. Now, we don't know what they're going to do with Damian Lillard, but I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. I think he's going to put up better numbers. I think, like, it wouldn't surprise me if Wimby had games to where he's just not scoring, you know, 20 points or so. And I just think rookie of the year is all about volume stats. And I don't know if he's going to get them. I, I couldn't agree with Dream more. I, I one of the funny things of this week, uh, somebody got Bull Bull trending in, in, in my Twitter feed. Oh man! And there was a lot of these side by sides of Bull Bull and Wemby, and people were like, "Tell me why Wemby's better than Bull Bull right now?" And then I started watching some of these highlights, and it was like, you know what? Somebody tell me why Wemby's better than Bull Bull right now. I'm a Bull Bull guy. And look, you know, size, dimension, the the way they move, the 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 YouTubes to my dumb eyes, like there are some similarities here. But the bigger point and the reason why I couldn't agree more with Dream is Scoot, I think, is going to have unfettered opportunity. I don't think Dame is going to be on the Trailblazers come uh, mid-October. And I think that they are going to entrust the team to Scoot. Scoot is showing up. Bam, ready to play. He's been playing professional basketball for the past couple of years. He's ready to go. That's a young team, and he'll be the, the engine on that team and be able to go get cranking. I love Scoot. He's plus 400 right now, 4-1 to one odds. I would say jump on that as quickly as possible. That's my humble view. And then, you know, one thing that you have to consider is that Chet Holmgren is also eligible for Rookie of the Year. You know, I forgot about that. That's a good point, Raheem, because he did not play last year. So, therefore, you're back in the pool, big boy. But I'm not going to lie to you. I agree with House. I am very concerned about Wimby. I I, I really am. And it's just like this is a guy who he doesn't really have quick feet. So it's just like he's going to struggle to guard a lot of people. And I just I think he's a seven five shooting guard right now. I think the bow bow comparison was kind of dead on. Um, I want to shout out my guy, Andy Roth, AR Hoop Talk on Twitter. He's been breaking down film of Wimby. So if you want to go check out his Twitter, I mean, there's some real concerns. So I agree with House here. Well, boys, buckle up. We'll get a chance to see what Mr. Wemby can bring to the table in a couple of months. So if you're is he playing in that summer league? He's got to be right. Probably the first game because they put, uh, I think, it, it, what's the first game? Isn't it Portland and uh, and Charlotte? Charlotte? I have it's, no idea. Oh, it's Charlotte. It's Charlotte. Okay. Right. So it's yeah, Brandon Miller. Play. Yeah. Yeah. They'll play the Brandon first Miller game versus- and it'll be, see you later. Okay. And bo- both of them. I bet both of them will be out. for, for That'll be it. We won't see any more Brandon Miller or Wemby for the rest of the summer league. And I think you, I think the thing with Wemby is that he played deep into the, to the playoffs in France. So they, they're not going to play a, him a lot at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, not a whole lot of opportunity to watch him in the summer league. That's okay. Better off for me anyway. All right, when we come back, we'll start setting the stage for the start of the NFL season. There are two pretty intriguing names still out in the free agency pool. And I'm going to throw this one at the fellas. Who would make more of a difference as far as moving the needle? Chew on that one. I'll throw out these two names in a minute. That's coming up next. 
This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. All right, boys, let's switch gears a little bit. We're not quite at training camp. We got a couple weeks to go before the NFL training camp proceedings open up. I, I think back to the old hard knocks with Tony Saragusa, where he'd always say, damn, man, 4th of July feels like the end of summer. For me, I feel like it's the... The prime of summer, but if you're an NFL player, you see 4th of July, you know training camp is on the horizon for the next couple of weeks. So, Raheem, I'm going to start with you. Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins are two names that are floating, hovering, going to end up playing somewhere. We're probably going to get an announcement within the next couple of weeks. Dalvin Cook, a lot of smoke, a lot of rumors, a lot of rumblings that he's going to go down to Florida, that he's going to be a Miami Dolphin. DeAndre Hopkins, you're here in New England, you're here in Tennessee. Don't get the sense DeAndre Hopkins ends up on one of those title contending teams. That could change over the next couple of weeks. But as far as Cook, as far as Hopkins, who's going to move the needle more to you whenever they end up signing? What's your take on that? It's without a doubt Dalvin Cook. And the reason why is because obviously at running back, this is a guy who he not only can run the ball, but he can catch passes out of the backfield. And obviously he's had some injury issues, but this is a guy who's just multifaceted. So I definitely think it's Dalvin Cook. And then when you look at DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, this guy is on the decline. He, he got popped for performance-enhancing drugs, and he only played half the year. But he's had two subpar seasons in a row. And this is a guy who they say he's not much of a hard worker. And, then, I mean, last year he really struggled. I think he was just 70, 70th in defense-adjusted defense value over average, which is football outsiders metric to, you know, look at how teams how players and teams perform. So I, I just don't think Hopkins is the same guy. And, I mean, Cook, I mean, he's probably going to be in a running back by committee, but I just think he's such a dangerous weapon in the backfield, catching passes and running that it's definitely him for, for me. So, Dream and, and JJ, as I size this up, I agree with, with Dream's assessment that that because Cook will get more touches, he will necessarily be more I impactful. But I think the situation that I'm anticipating each of those guys to land in will ultimately dictate, you know, the the whether it's a, it's a big success green check mark or not. And my concern for for Cook is that he does indeed land in Miami, and Miami to me is the 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 riskiest team in the entire NFL because Tua what happened to him la last season I, I, you know, I honestly like, you know, not going to be overly dramatic about it, but I pray for the kid. The kid, you know, needs uh, some, some good luck this season. 
to avoid a repeat of what he experienced last season. And we saw it takes very little. Like three three concussions in one season is bad. So if if he gets you know on, on the wrong side of some of that injury luck this season, I believe that Miami is 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 really in trouble. I mean, there 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 are still quarterbacks out there. There is a quarterback market, but you know the 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 backup situation does not instill any confidence in me, and that would compromise Cook's ability to to really make an impact to the to the Dolphins. If if you're not firing with your with with QB one, then I don't know who you're firing with, JJ. So um, you're not buying Mike White stock, is what you're telling me. You're out on Mike White, Mike F and White. He's a he's a he's a, he seems like a lovely fellow, and he was a great uh, backup with the Jets. Nuke, by comparison, if he lands in New England, and that's you know seems like it's the leading contender, perhaps, and he becomes a possession receiver, a reliable guy for Mac Jones. I think that you know that that is one area that New England has been like desperately in need of upgrading for a while now. They have an offensive coordinator that is actually going to put in you know offensive plays. They're going to get creative. I think they're going to let Mac try and throw the ball down the field a little bit. I think Nuke could be if if he becomes like a a safety blanket and plays that kind of role, then I I think he could be impactful in New England. And just in general, I'm more bullish on New England. And and how they're built for this upcoming season than I am Miami. So that really, that, that, oh, really, I, absolutely. absolutely. I totally disagree. Yeah. I totally. Now listen, I understand who I root for, and I understand that takes shape and takes hold. Miami just got Vic Fangio, one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. They have an elite pass rush. They have two elite corners. Their defense is going to be so much better than what it was last year. And if we're talking weapons, I, I get your point with Tua. I understand it, House. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Mostert, you going at Dalvin Cook to that team? Dude, where's the firepower coming from with the New England Patriots? I, I, I It's a ball control thing. It's Ramondi Stevenson. Who is going to throw the ball to, to, to Jalen Waddle and to Tyree Kill if and Mike when Tua White. gets bumped? Mike White. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Hey, did he look all right with the Jets? before? Listen, if we're talking, here's the bottom line with this house. He did until he didn't. If you're talking about a large sample size, right? 12, 13 games, then there's nothing to discuss. You're a thousand percent right. If we're talking about three or four games, I could live with three or four games of Mike White. Well, let's let's, let's put this down. It's June the 27th, 2023. You set the over-under for number of games Tua is going to play. I'll give it to you. So if I tell you right now, I tell you right Mm -hmm. now, Tua plays 14 of the 17 games for the (laughs) Don. I'm just saying, I'm throwing that out there. If I tell you that's the number, how do you feel about Miami? Does that change things? I love Miami. I I would be ecstatic for Miami. I just asked you to set the number. What's the number going to be? Obviously, that's a successful season for Miami if he plays that number of games. I'm going to set the number. They play on 17 games, 11 and a half. I'll take the under. Okay, well, then you're not going to like Miami this year. <laughs> on the nose. Winner. Oh, 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 oh. You're betting on Tua. That's it. I, 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 th- I, think, I think House is like kind of overstating this. Tua played 13 games last year, and he had like four concussions. I don't expect him to get four concussions this year. I think he's you been think. learning how to... F- Raheem, you would think, from your lips to God's ears, bro. Please. <laughs> Please. I, I mean, like, I think he's been practicing learning how to fall. 
which is like a big part in some of his concussions. So I, I don't think, See, I think he's going to play more. That's a good point, Raheem. Some of the hits, the, the Cincinnati one was gruesome. We all understand that. The other hits were kind of normal football plays, dude. You know, like, that's yeah, a problem. Pop like that. But that's, that's the thing. So like, but, that, but that's the idea. You have to learn how to get hit properly. You know, you would think playing in the NFL or playing in college football, you would learn how to fall and get hit a certain way where you don't maybe hit your back or maybe hit your leg or maybe you do this. We're talking about to talk ourselves into Tua. Look at where we are right now. But here's the the difference, though. We're not talking (laughs) into him as far as his skill level. This has everything to do with his durability. I I think that's the question. Agreed. We're on the same page with that. I just don't believe it. And I honestly don't think it's in his long-term health interests. We four concussions is bad. He's young. He shouldn't be out there getting his head knocked around like that. That's why to me with Miami, the value with them is not to bet him with a win total house. If you're betting on their viability, you take him to go and win the AFC to Super Bowl. I I believe that. You know, to I'm me, in the if other you're looking way. for va- but well, listen, then you better because it's plus odds on everything. Plus odds on them to miss the playoffs. Plus odds on their under. I'm all. Um, I'm already well, I on saw it. The, I saw so, the so, over under even money, even uh, money right now on Fandle. Let, let's disregard, disregard the Tua thing. You're not buying the upgrade in the defense for the Dolphins' house, are you? I think it's fine, but it, there, it's only half the game. You have to score the ball. Like the thing that we have in our eyes and what we recall from last season mm. was the most dynamic offense in the NFL, an offense that came back against the Buffalo Bills and scored, what was it, 30 points in the in the fourth quarter. Well, that was like the it, Baltimore game against the Baltimore. Baltimore. Incredible, but yes. In, 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 and, and, and it was a comeback against uh, Buffalo as well. An incredibly dynamic offense. Like the combination two are really, he, he and Tyreek were on the same page right away. It was awesome to see, but I can't unsee that kid on his back, you know, with, with, with the concussion thing. And to me, that's the worst possible injury for a quarterback. And this is a quarterback league. You have to have that, that guy. If you don't have a QB one that you can trust then you're, you're nowhere. And so that, defense well, what about, San, a, what about, what about San Francisco? They're I, nowhere. I, it, I'm on all their unders. They're nowhere. So, so you're, so you are selling stuff. So you do not believe that a coach and a system and talent around the quarterback I'm not saying to win the Super Bowl house can make it work because Shanahan has shown he can make it work the last two years. Well, I, I until it didn't, right? I mean, until Purdy well, I mean, got listen, they were, I mean, in, in I mean, fairness, they, they, they literally they didn't have a single quarterback. quarterback. Like they, they literally didn't have a quarterback. quarterback. I, I'm in on the Niners. I'm in on the Niners every year because I love their infrastructure. I love the I, coach. I don't know if I'm in on the Niners. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I'm in on the, on the Niners this year. Gonna be, well, listen, I'm not going to bet them as an over because there's going to be no value in betting them as an over. But they're going to be a terrific team. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. They will win the, a lot of games. The skill positions are incredible. And I, I adore. I, and the I infrastructure. Like, the lines are yeah. incredible. That's I, why I love them. They get down I in per- 30, boys. I definitely prefer them to Miami in terms of, like, you know, fortunes and how far – the teams might go, um, but I, I, I won't. You know, they, they, they keep saying that Purdy's going to be out there for game one. I, he better not be. I don't think that that's enough time for him to to recover. Uh, well, boys, still, you know, you're getting a nice preview here. There, there is going to be some dissension amongst the ranks <laughs> immediately in the AFC East, and we didn't even get to the Jets. So we're probably all selling stock on uh, when it comes to 2023. So there's that. All right, when we come back. 
We got some look-aheads to MLB Futures. The best player in the American League not named Shohei Otani. There's no timetable for his return. But is there value in actually investing in the New York Yankees, possibly, to go and win the American League in the World Series? We'll discuss next. Welcome back. So the Yankees right now in a little bit of a conundrum. Yes, they went four and two at home last week, but Aaron Judge now has a torn ligament in his foot. So there is no timetable for Aaron Judge's return. I doubt you're going to see him anytime soon. They didn't even rule out the possibility that he could miss the entirety of this season. But Aaron Judge did tell the New York Post he's coming back. He's going to play. So why do I bring all of this up? Futures market right now. This is the best number you could ever get on the New York Yankees. They are 20 to 1 to win the World Series. 20 to 1. They are 9 to 1, Raheem, to win the American League pennant. They're getting Carlos Rodon back. They have Garrett Cole. They have one of baseball's best bullpens. And I think the American League, a little bit more wide open than the National League because of the Braves and the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks and whatnot. Any value, Raheem, in the Yankees at 20 to 1 to win the World Series and 9 to 1 to win the AL pennant? There's absolutely no value on the New York Yankees. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, JJ. They say New York, New York, big city of dreams. But everything in New York ain't always what it seems. I'm going to tell you where the value is. The value is on the New York Yankees to miss the postseason at plus 180 for the no. That's what I like. Well, and I can understand that case. They don't score mm-hmm. any runs. Stanton, not hitting. LeMayu, not hitting. Rizzo, ice cold. Where are the Yankees getting those answers from? And you guys are playing Josh Donaldson. Well, that needs to come to an end. I, I think, <laughs> to quote you, put him out to pasture. Larry Holmes status times 10,000 with Josh <laughs> Donaldson playing for the New York Yankees. But they've shown you, Raheem, they can pitch. They also are going to go and add. But, you know, the American League's got a lot of like middle of the road type teams that are going to make the playoffs. Tampa, 100% is going to make it. Texas, 100% is going to make it. I'm in on the Orioles. They got all this young talent. There are a gazillion games over 500. They're going to make it. I still think the Yankees find their way. And I'm not, let's put it this way. I'm not investing in the Yankees to go and win the World Series, guys, because I don't think they have enough offense. They haven't had enough offense for the last couple of years. But my counter would be if Judge comes back, Raheem, and all of a sudden, he can get himself on track and the lineup can get themselves on track. They have pitching that could go and propel them in a postseason series with Cole, Rodon, Severino. And if they get Nesta Cortez back, like that's a scary one through four in the rotation, my dude. See, I think it's a big if. Like they just came out yesterday and said that Judge tore a ligament in his toe. And I think they the didn't toe even was- say it. They didn't even say it. He said it. The team didn't want to say it. So there you go. And I think the toe is a, it's a sketchy thing. I mean, we've seen toes destroy careers. So it's just like it's a huge if if Judge come, comes back. And I mean, you know better than me. The Yankees offense is basically what Judge does on a given night. So if Judge doesn't come back, which I, w- I would rather bet on him not coming back than anything else. And the one thing I will say about Judge is that last year felt like an anomaly. Like, this guy has struggled to stay healthy throughout his entire career. And last year was one of the first times he stayed healthy, and he had 61 home runs. So, for me, I'm going to bet that he doesn't come back. And if he doesn't come back, I think the Yankees missed the postseason. But if he does come back, 
then obviously there is some value on the Yankees. Listen, Aaron Judge means everything to the Yankees. They need to get him back. If you even want to fantasize about that 20 to 1 being profitable, that's the road you got to go. And one quick note on the Texas Rangers, watching them over the course of the weekend, Bruce Bochy is amazing. Their lineup is terrific. They don't have the arms in the bullpen currently to go and win the American League. So that's something they are going to have to straighten out between now and that August 1st trade deadline. They want to go and be the AL representative in the World Series. They've got to get answers in the bullpen. We'll come back. Quick pick on Rocket Mortgage before we say goodbye. That's coming up. Before we say goodbye, Rocket Mortgage this week has depleted field. Finau, Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, all 14 to 1. All the favorites. Justin Thomas played better at the Travelers, 18 to 1. Who do we like this week? Yeah, we're seeing some bigger names. It's a depleted field compared to the elevated events where you see all the top guys in the entire world. But we still got 14 of the top 40 and 37 of the top 100. This golf course, it's a Donald Ross. It's a classic. These guys can hit the ball anywhere and still get on the green. This is why Bryson DeChambeau was a seven to one favorite a handful of years ago and won this thing going away. Um, it is, you got to show up with a wedge game and with a hot putter. The hot putter is week to week. Who knows? You know, the, what, what guys like when they get on the greens. Um, looking at performance year over year, I like Sung JM for this golf tournament. I like Hideki Matsuyama and I like our good guy, Ricky Fowler. We keep seeing signs of life out of Ricky. Um, it's just a question of whether the putter shows up because the ball striking is there. Uh, Tony Finau will be defending. That's another guy who's definitely capable of any at any moment of going super low. The winning score for this thing is always in the low 20s, 21 under, 23 under. So this will be fun if you're into like a lot of birdies, a lot of scoring opportunities. And we're going to see some of these big names. JT back inside a top 10 is no small feat for him. He hasn't had a great season. Why not a little Justin Thomas speculation? But it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I like Justin Thomas this week. think he found some at the Travelers. I'll take a stab at 18 to 1. All right, for Raheem, for House, JJ signing off. Good job by the Wargon Warrior. We are back next week. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas. Under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT-IN-INDIANA. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelpLineMA or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.